1: good morning joining me now to break down all the market action good morning ryan huang good morning michelle do you know whose birthday it is today whose birthday is it? the woman who changed science marie curie oh okay i've heard of her
0: before can you remind me what was she most remembered for
1: she discovered polonium and radium so uh, you know that which allows us to take x-rays and look in our bodies she was key to that discovery So she won two Nobel Prizes, by the way. One in 1903 and one in 1911. And so one of the first, the first women to do that.
0: Okay. Well, she joins the company of Lee Nan Singh. You might know him. It's also his birthday. He turns 59 today.
1: Happy birthday!
0: So they, uh, well, you, you share that birthday, happy birthday to you as well.
1: Yes, for sure. Alright, let's start this morning with uh, slightly unhappier news. An epic battle is happening in court. Actually, it's round two of an epic battle. Featuring the creator of the hugely popular Fortnite game, Epic Games. The company back in court for its second antitrust trial in just two months. This time... Against Google. Now you'll remember this case dates back to an incident a few years ago when Google kicked Fortnite out of its app store. Epic Games accuses Google of abusing its dominance in search to stifle app competition. Last month, Epic Games lost to Apple in a similar case on nine out of ten counts. So does it stand a better chance of winning against Google, Ryan?
0: Well, it's hard to tell, but there are many similarities. A lot of common ground between the two cases. One is that this is a complaint or at least a dispute with how these app stores are being run and taking too much of a cut of commissions and also just laying out unfair advantages for the smaller guys. So Mm. that's a picture of what's happening. Epic Games versus the big boys. So what we have right now is, um, of course, Apple was victorious in many of the counts, And now Epic is trying to get a better time in court with Google. So, will it do any better? Going by their experience with Apple, it's hard to say they will because of all the similarities. But there are a few things they might be able to, I guess, get some small wins here and there. Uh, So, that's going to be something perhaps in terms of reducing the commissions or getting some favorable terms because part of the Google case involves what's being uh, described as site loading of apps, which allows many of these um, app players or developers to give users like you and me um, new ways of experiencing the product where Apple does not. So there is another dimension to this case. But argument here that Epic is bringing up is that Google is making it very hard for people to download apps and upload it to their devices. So despite the option of it being available, which Mm -hmm. is not available on Apple, Mm -hmm. uh, they are saying this option is being unfairly made difficult by Google. So that's probably one area they're going to be ramping up their, I guess, lawyers to get more ground against.
1: Is Google not living up to its own motto, don't be evil? Well, unlike its lawsuit against Apple, Epic Games' case against Google is going to be decided by a jury, not a judge. And it's likely to argue that Google paid off phone makers like Samsung to use Google's payment system. Google, by the way, argues Epic wants all the benefits of Android and Google Play without having to pay for them. It's also launched a countersuit against Epic Games. If Epic does come out ahead in this case, Ryan, what are the implications for Google?
0: Yeah, for Google... The Argument has long been how this has pretty much been the cost of doing business, where it has to do these things in order to bring down the price of its offering, right? Otherwise, someone has to pay for it. Mm. And this is where you get into the argument, or at least that debate, you know, who pays for making it freely accessible to so many people? Remember the times when we didn't have an Android store, when we didn't have all these new smartphones, with, you know? They pretty much leveled the playing field with their OS, so there is a price to pay, which is perhaps the fees that you have to pay. The app developers have to pay up for being on the store. Someone has to pay. Otherwise, you know, there's not going to be any, any innovation, you could argue, mm-hmm. because no one's going to be coming forth to build a platform. So you've got all these costs involved. So down the road, perhaps the worst case scenario is you and me will have to pay the cost, you know, more expensive phones because Google will charge these smartphone makers a higher fee for having Android. They have to make money from somewhere else. So that could be a potential implication.
1: Who eventually pays the cost of innovation. Interesting theme. Over time, the antitrust claims against Google's Play Store have really been whittled down to this one case. Back in September, Google reached a deal with dozens of U.S. states in quite a similar lawsuit. And last week, it announced a settlement with the Match Group. So stay tuned to see just how this Fortnite battle between Epic Games and Google plays out. The trial is slated to run until early December. Next up, I'm going to head to Korea, where the KOSPI enjoyed its best rallies yesterday since 2020. So what fueled to buying?
0: Yeah, so... Some new rules are driving investors to buy more shares. And it's all around short selling. So why are people buying more shares? Well, South Korea has imposed a ban on short selling. That means a lot of folks are now starting to ask questions. Maybe it's time for me to square off my existing shorts, which means to buy more stocks. So pretty much, that's what the foreign investors started to do when they heard the news and they went in big time. So overseas investors were big buyers on a net basis and we saw the KOSPI up 5.7%. So that, I think, is one of the main reasons why we saw the KOSPI seeing a bit of a bounce. And of course, once short selling, that ban takes effect. You can't do it anymore. But the Mm. um, interesting detail is existing positions would not have been affected anyway. Uh, It does look like No, these folks are just trying to be more conservative and get out of the game.
1: So, interesting also to keep in mind the historical context. South Korea is gunning for developed market status in MSCI's indexes. There's also an election around the corner and public perception of short-selling is largely negative now.
0: Yeah, actually, just to add on that point, right? Mm -hmm. So, this will complicate it, um, but it does appease, like you pointed out, the retail investors because they've long complained that the guys who short-sell are the big guys, the big banks, and at the expense of all the smaller guys. So, this potentially um, could have a political angle to it as well.
1: Absolutely. But while local investors might applaud this move, it is bound to upset many international funds which use short selling to hedge their investments. It's interesting to note that short selling is also in the news over in the Philippines for very different reasons there, I have to say. For the first time, short selling is now legal in the Philippines, some 27 years after the Philippine Stock Exchange initially proposed the idea. So, very divergent paths, Ryan, between Korea and Philippines on this issue. What do you make of the differing choices? Yeah, I guess the
0: immediate um, picture that you can tell is one is the Philippines' emerging market and the other, well, not so emerging, close to being developed at least um going by stock market status. So you've got something that's a bit of a different dynamic. So with the Philippines, they are trying to drum up more buzz and people to invest more in the Philippines. And in order to do so, they need all the mechanisms in place. And one of them is the ability to short. So this will give investors the ability to hedge. You can't just keep buying stocks all the time. No, that's not how many of the funds work. They need to be able to cover their positions uh, in both good and bad times. So you need to be able to buy in the opposite direction. So having that mechanism could make it more attractive theoretically. Uh, So this is where the, I guess, debate comes in, Mm. where you have South Korea banning it because they fear that overselling when you have short selling available, especially naked short selling, when you don't have the shares but sell it anyway, could just lead to a lot of, well, unnecessary stress and pressure on maybe some stocks. So there definitely needs to be a discussion how much of a balance there needs to be when it comes to short selling and you know, what's the limits. Uh, there are pros and cons for short selling. And of course, as we've seen in many cases, it's a good way for the market to find um, price discovery.
1: Mm. As students who what analysts have been saying, many are hoping that the introduction of short selling is going to boost liquidity in the Philippines market, which has been shrinking over the past decade. And by the way, if we compare how stocks are doing in Manila vis-a-vis Seoul, Korea currently comes out on top. The KOSPI is up 12% this year, while the PSEI in Manila is in the red, down more than 7%. All right, great discussion. Time to move to our corporate earnings watch. Ryan, I was, you know how I do this every day. I I share a (laughs) sentence with you and you play along and hopefully you can figure out which companies we're talking about. So I was on my way to the doctor yesterday when I was plotting my next vacation, as one does, trying to choose between, you know, Europe and Japan. And can you guess which industries are in focus? Come on, have a guess. Yeah. Did you say travel? You're on track. And did you say medical? Good for you. Uh, our three companies in focus span three very different markets. Raffles Medical right here in Singapore, Sanrio in Japan, and Ryanair, which I was surprised to learn has grown into the Biggest airline in Europe. Amazing. Let's start with Raffles Medical, Ryan. Its directors are likely not grinning this morning. The medical group's profits shrank by 67%. This in the third quarter of the year. What a huge drop. So, what's to blame?
0: Yeah, for many of these medical companies, uh, they've had a day when COVID-19 was at its peak, but now not so much. And this being reflected in the latest numbers for Raffles Medical, for the third quarter ended September, revenue fell 15%. Profit was down 25.6%. So you've got that playing out as you know, they come off the high base effects somewhat of the COVID-19 revenues. Mm-hmm. So now it's got to find its feet to figure out where the next engine of growth is going to be. And it is you know, trying to expand into other markets right now. So something they would be trying to do in the likes of um, China where their operations have increased to try to improve their revenue in hospitals like Shanghai and Chongqing, but some ways to go before they return to pre-COVID revenue levels, in a sense.
1: Investors sold off on the news. Raffles Medical shares lost more than 10% of their value yesterday. Next up, a character I think that never gets old... Never gets ill either. Actually does dress up as a doctor from time to time. (laughs) That's Hello Kitty. Shares of the company that owns the Hello Kitty brand, Sanrio, soared as much as 11% yesterday. That's their biggest gain in three months. So what's behind all this enthusiasm?
0: I suppose if you're going to Japan, Michelle, you could Mm -hmm. check out some of the Sanrio stuff, especially Hello Kitty. So uh, this has... Tourism to thank because folks are heading there to buy up all the merchandise, visit the museums, and buying is good for the Japanese economy and Sunryo. So, this is seeing the company's stock surge more than 50% so far this year. So, it could be also a factor of the cheaper yen bringing in investors and tourists. So, have you decided between Japan and Europe? Yet? Oh,
1: it's Japan.
0: Okay, so hello Kitty, hello, Kitty, for you. <laughs>
1: Oh my goodness. I bet countries around the world are always thinking, how do we get some, uh, kawaii into our national icons, right? They're timeless. International visitors are spending more in Japan now than they did before the pandemic, at least in yen terms. And that's giving a boost to companies like Sanrio. All right. Our third stock in focus this morning is a company that is named after Ryan. I have to say. <laughs> It started in Ireland. It now flies to cities big and small across Europe. I am talking about Ryanair, which has destinations in more than 30 countries, from Albania to the UK. It's reporting record earnings, more than €2 billion for the six months, from April to September. You might say inevitable if it's named after a high performer like Ryan. but what is powering Ryanair's profits?
0: Yeah, Uh, just a fun fact as well, Ryanair is all about making money. At one point, they were thinking about charging people to use the toilet on board. (laughs) So that's (laughs) the extent of Ryanair's monetization path. So anyways, going back to (laughs) Ryanair, it is seeing some good times because people in Europe seem to be traveling a lot. And this, of course, after COVID, people want to travel. So it saw huge demand uh, during the Easter period and also record summer demand. So we are talking about net profit for the half year ended September up 59%. Traffic was up. 11%. So you put those numbers together, you have prices of tickets going up much more and people willing to accept these higher prices.
1: Investors in Ryanair are cheering because it is the airline proposing to pay its first ever dividend. Imagine that. Investors love it. Ryanair closed up about 6% yesterday. By the way, here's another little known fact. Ryanair started flying back in 1985 with a single 15 seat aircraft. And two of the company's founders are named Ryan. That's their surname. So that explains the company's name. If we zoom out now, what are your takings uh, from the earnings that we're discussing today?
0: Yeah, it does look like there is, well, potential for businesses to make money if they know where to look. And, you know, if you look at travel, that seems to be still gaining momentum. People are going to Japan, of mm. course. And in Europe, people still want to travel. So when it comes to travel, I guess you have to know where to look in terms of opportunities to invest. So that's going to be my theme of the day. Know where to look.
1: There's money to be made if you know where to look. I love that line. Let's take a look at broader markets right now. Stocks on Wall Street were mixed overnight as many investors took pause. Following last week's strong gains, the major indices finished higher. But overall, more stocks were in the red than in the green. The Nasdaq finished up 0.3%. The Dow and S&P 500 closed March Higher bond yields, real flashpoint for markets these days. They also rose. The yield on the 10 year treasury is at 4.64%. Time for corporate news up or down style. Birkenstock.
0: Yeah, so Birkenstock put a stock in Birkenstock recently with their <laughs> IPO, and it has not really been that spectacular. I, yeah. l- I guess the good news is you no, know, it price its IPO at $46 and it made its debut at 41 Where it is right now is still around 41 It hasn't really gone anywhere. But the story here is how you now have brokerages now coming out to talk about what they recommend because a lot of them were tied up with the IPO and mm. could not say anything until now. So here's where it gets interesting. A bit of a divided opinion where you have the likes of Jeffries. They are among the most bullish. Mm-hmm. They expect stocks price to jump 21% from current levels. So a bit bullish based on the optimism around the brand, how it is going to address a huge market and the margins it commands. And then you've got the other side of the equation where you have another brokerage looking quite pessimistic. Uh, This is where JP Morgan is a bit more uh, measured and conservative. Morgan Stanley as well. Skeptical of any more upside because it believes a lot has already been priced in. So Mm. it really believes, it really comes down to how much you believe in the uh, brand and the value behind Birkenstock.
1: Look at that. So back to the price. The IPO price at forty six U S dollars a share, but it has yet to reach that level in public trading. Birkenstock shares closed overnight below forty two U S dollars, and that doesn't mean that the company does not have supporters. Goldman Sachs, J P Morgan, Jefferies, as you heard, all bullish on Birkenstock. With some analysts seeing a fifteen to twenty percent upside. All right, next. You know, I once met a master distillery at uh, distiller. Craftsman at this company. He was my interviewer. He gave me a special mm. flask of Santori. How is it? It's so special that they use it as perfume.
0: Wow. <laughs> that is fascinating. Yeah. So, how is Santori doing? All right. It's doing pretty well because it looks like the folks love the whiskey that comes from Santori, Japanese whiskey, as I think a lot of people know. that's uh, does command some premium, and this is where more people want. Japanese whiskey. So it's stepping up in terms of production and just to give you an idea of how much in demand it is, if you look at what they've produced, the Yamazaki, 55 years old, long-aged, single-malt whiskey, has achieved prices of up to $780,000 at a recent auction. Hmm. So that is the most expensive Japanese whiskey and it kind of just reflects how much in demand these days people are Putting into some of these premium whiskeys. And Santori is recognizing it and ramping up production. Mm. So good times f- ahead for Santori
1: to celebrate. People are finally realizing how wonderful Santori is. It's like sipping on autumn sunlight. It's so glorious. Santori Spirit's renovating distilleries so he can expand production. He wants to cash in on growing demand for its premium whiskeys. I'll say cheers to that. Alright, let's look at Prudential.
0: Alright, prudential is gonna be an up for me because they have recorded new business profit a record new business profit of two point one billion dollars for their nine months ended September. Mm. So that's up thirty seven percent. Thanks to a couple of things. Margins are improving due to what it describes as positive developments in channel and geographic mix.
1: Interesting. So that's an up for Prudential, for sure, even though its share price is down more than 10% over the year. Let's look at Manulife US REIT. It appears to be getting its financial house in order. Yeah, and so much so that the stock price is up
0: 31% in Monday trading, so lots of heavy trading happening. And the REIT's manager announced that it's on track to conclude negotiations with lenders by the end of this year, mm-hmm. along with the potential introduction of a sponsor support package, which could help the
1: REIT's, liquidity. So lots of upside perhaps for the REIT. That's it. Investors love the sound of that. And if that wasn't enough, DBS Group Research has upgraded Manulife US REIT to a buy. Manulife US REIT shares soared yesterday, closing up nearly 30%. All right, our final word of the day goes to OpenAI. They're the company. They make ChatGPT. They held a developer conference um, overnight where they announced basically this new initiative that anyone, they say, will be able to develop their own AI app. So you could come up theoretically with an app for, not theoretically actually, anything that you need advice on, laundry app, uh, how to get tricky stains out, how to contract negotiations. So... OpenAI says that no coding experience is necessary. And I'm curious, Ryan, if you could come up with your own app, what would it do?
0: Wow, it would probably <laughs> do half my work so I can do more work and get more money. So that's the future of AI, doing your work for you. That's it. What about you?
1: Um, If I wanted OpenAI, can it? Can it remind me of all my friends' birthdays?
0: Yeah, that's pretty useful. All the things you might forget before Mm. you forget it. Yes! (laughs) Hey, by the way, (laughs) you forgot about this.
1: I know, that's a great app. OpenAI planning to launch a GPT store later this month where people can share their apps and then earn money from them. So you talked about earning more money, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. So you you can monetize your ideas, make your own so-called chatbots, put it on their store. If enough people use it, then you can kind of monetize it it's almost like making youtube videos and getting people to watch it
1: sure sure are you using uh, google play apps as well this is not open ai's first attempt though at tr- trying to develop this open ecosystem encouraging people to take part it hasn't taken off yet mm-hmm. so let's see what this effort does all right well thank you very much this has been market view he's ryan Huang. i'm michelle martin
0: before acting on the information on money fm please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives financial situation and risk tolerance